0: Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Talks listeners thanks for joining me for another episode today I have with you Alan Meisner and he is an author podcast host and health and fitness coach for people over 40 when he's not helping people lose weight get healthy and more fit he helps his wife run a bed and breakfast on a Caribbean island off the coast of Panama that sounds amazing I would love to go there (laughs) thank you Alan for joining us today
1: I'm excited to be here, and it's called Lula's. It's a beautiful place, a little six-bedroom bed and breakfast, and it's sort of our little little side hustle thing that keeps us going here uh, down in Bocas.
0: Keeps you busy, huh? Keeps you occupied, moving, lubricating yeah. those joints.
1: Doing <laughs> stuff, yeah. The, those five-gallon jugs of water have to get to the back of the house some way, so there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's very fitting in uh, to what you do for a living, you know, being a health and fitness coach. And if you would, just share with us. Uh, what inspired you to get into this line of work?
1: Well, initially, I had no intention whatsoever of doing this kind of work i was uh, I was working in corporate, I was really good at what i could what I did, and I was advancing very, very quickly and so at thirty nine I was a vice president of a fortune five hundred company. Uh, things were looking great from a work perspective, from a career perspective but Um, I found myself with this huge imbalanced life where that was really all I had going for me. Everything else in my life, my relationships, my fitness, my health, just my overall attitude towards life uh, was completely in the dumps. And um, I, I just found myself trying to make myself happy by getting another promotion, by trying to do this thing. And none of it was working because I wasn't healthy, I wasn't fit, and I wasn't happy. And that internal voice that we all have that that talks really nasty to us, that you would never say those things to your friends. Mine's really evil. Mine's mean. And so I had myself in a self-talk just ditch and I needed to get out of it. So I started working on myself and because I was traveling 90% of the time, which, you know, people say I travel 90% of the time. I'll give you an idea. That means I'm home three days per month. OK, so I couldn't hire a personal trainer because I would, I'd never be at the gym you know. Okay, once a month, twice a month, maybe. Uh, so it just didn't work that I could hire a personal trainer. So I became a personal trainer. I basically went through the certifications that I knew I needed to fix myself, to figure all this out for myself. Uh, so I invested thousands and thousands of dollars and hours and hours of time to do this all while having my regular full time job. And while that information was great, Um, it still took me eight years to figure this all out. Uh, And I kept spinning my wheels and I kept crashing and I kept going backwards. Um, And it wasn't until about eight years in, I was sitting in a hotel room and I was thinking, okay, why, why, why are you successful in the things you want to be that are hard? Like what I do for a living, what I did for a living was really, really hard, but I was really, really good at it. And I, I just asked myself the question, why are you so good at that? but you can't figure this out. And then it just clicked because I committed to be great at that. And I haven't committed to be great at being healthy and fit.
0: Ooh, mic drop.
1: And so I made this commitment, and there was another kind of parallel story that was happening. My daughter was getting really, really active in CrossFit and obstacle courses, and all that kind of thing. And she was just like a mirror image of me at that age. It's like that stuff existed back then. I'd been doing doing it just like she was, and I thought to myself, uh, you know, she's doing these things. I see myself in her. And then she said something to me one day. She said, "Daddy, um, I'm going to do this CrossFit competition." Would you come watch me? And that's when it hit me in the gut. It's like, wait a minute. My daughter is asking me to spectate in her life, but I'm not a spectator in my daughter's life. I'm a participant in my daughter's life.
0: I love that.
1: And so when I made that commitment that, no, I'm not going to be the feeble old man. I'm not going to die in my forties. I'm not going to, those things are just not going to happen in my story. I changed the story. I flipped the script. I committed to being healthy and fit. And then all those lessons I'd, I was getting from my personal training and all the certifications and all the specialties just all started coming together. And I got over the hump. And so over the course of about 11 months, I lost 66 pounds. Woo-hoo. I completed a Tough Mudder with my daughter, which is a 13-mile mud run with all these obstacle courses. Really, really tough. And I finished with her. I didn't want to just finish it i didn't want her to be waiting on me i literally wanted to be by her side running it as hard as she could and still and not, and not wrecking myself so right. i really worked hard and it changed my whole life it changed everything about me i went from being this person i hated to being the person i remembered and wanted to be And I was with my daughter and I finished that race holding her hands. And it's like, that's a memory no one will ever take away from me. Like when she was born and she wrapped her hands around my, her hand around my pinky. Like when I walked her down the aisle just last November, finishing that Tough mutter, that's in the top three memories I have of my life. Uh, And they involve my daughter. And so when you get emotional about who you're supposed to be, and you really put that emotion behind the commitment, you just start doing the stuff. It just happens. And so I made a drastic change and people around me were, you know, obviously they're going to notice you lost 66 pounds in 11 months. You completely changed your body. What did you do? And I'm thinking, you know, when I was trying to figure this out, I didn't have anybody to go to. I didn't have, a, uh, there weren't online trainers. There was nobody doing any podcasts or talking about people over 40. They just, you'd go into a gym, they'd hand you the same workout, they hand to the 20 year old and say, here, let's just go do this. And so no one was really paying attention to the fact that our bodies change as we age. And we have to look at health and fitness slightly differently. And no one was doing that. And I said, well, that's crazy that, that no one's helping people do this. It should be there. So I decided to start the podcast, 40 plus fitness podcast. And then I said, okay, well, I'm gonna start training people online on the side because I wanna get this information out there. So I did start bringing on a couple clients, a handful here and a handful there, running lots of free challenges and just doing all kinds of stuff like that. I created the Facebook group and just started pushing that through. And um, it, it, I'm not gonna say it blew up, but it it got bigger and bigger and better and better. And people were changing their lives. And it was just kind of this feeling inside, you know, like when you're doing something to help other people, it was so much more fulfilling than just working to try to get another raise at my job. And so when I got, when I got laid off, which, you know, just round and round and round of it. And if you've ever been a manager and had to lay someone off, you know what that feels like. It's worse than being laid off. Honestly, laying someone off as a manager is worse than being laid off. When they finally put my name on the list, they finally laid me off. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help people Mm. and I'm going to leave this corporate thing behind. And so when I, when I did that, I started going full time. I wrote the book, the wellness roadmap. And then that's what I've been doing ever since other than, yeah, running the bed and breakfast. And I also for a while owned a gym down here, but, um, just trying to help people, help them have a great vacation, help them uh, get healthy and fit. That's that's what I love to do.
0: It's almost as if that had to happen, you know, that that you had to get laid off in order to steer you in this other direction. Because do you think you would have ever chosen that full time? I was,
1: I was leaning that way, you know, but I, I kind of had what I would call this five-year plan. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this like part-time. And so I'll have the podcast. I'll grow it. I'll, I'll go over here and I'll train people a little bit here, here and there. Um, and I thought, you know, five years, I'll build this up. And then when I retire, because I was planning to retire at about 55, I said, well, then I'll do this. You know, um, I got laid off about three years early, which meant I wasn't completely financially able to retire, retire. Um, so I we came down here. I'm like, okay, well, let's do some things to make money. And I did my business. I wrote my book and then we bought the bed and breakfast, um, so that we just live a simpler life. It's just, um, I'm able to help people and I'm not as stressed as I would be if I was dealing with all that corporate stuff.
0: I love that. Um, one thing, one question I did have is, because there's some people that may not understand why it would be so beneficial for them to focus on someone like you being a coach who specializes in people over 40. Like what can you tell and share with us about like the difference? Like why is it different for somebody who's at say 30 than people who are in let's say their 40s or 50s?
1: Well, if if you were if you were fit when you were younger, you might remember you could eat a pizza One day and the next morning, go do this aerobics class and you still fit in your jeans and looked great. Okay, when we get a little older, it's not that our metabolism slows down. It's just that we've got a lot of hormone things going on. We've got a lot going on, a lot more going on in our bodies. And it's not to the advantage of losing fat. It's all to the advantage of basically just settling down, slowing down and aging. And so there's this basic aging curve that all of us are on. And if you try to do it the way you did when you were in your 20s, you're going to struggle because you can't outwork a bad diet anymore. You don't have as much muscle mass because of sarcopenia. Your bone density isn't as high because of osteopenia. And as a result, it's so much easier for you to hurt yourself. The cumulative stresses of working out and working and repetitive motions and sitting sitting, sitting, you know, sometimes for eight, 10 hours a day. And, and all of that is, is cumulative. So we have cumulative damage to our body. We're on an aging curve where we're just not as resilient. Our metabolism is a little slower because we have less muscle mass and we're just not capable of the level of effort and the energy we were able to expend doing things when we were younger. So if we try to do it that way, we invariably are going to break ourselves. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I was looking for an easy way to work out from my hotel room. So if I couldn't get to the gym and I didn't have equipment, I could do something. So Beachbody came out with this insanity workout and Sean T is doing this thing and I'm watching him like, there's no equipment. It's just your body. You're bouncing around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I bought the whole DVD set. This was back when you got on the infomercial on TV and you'd ordered it and they shipped it. So I got the DVDs. I ripped all of them to an iPad. So I was all ready to go. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the benchmark workout and I do it. You know, like there's like, push yourself hard, push yourself hard. Now bump, bump, bump as hard as I can go. Anyway, the next morning I couldn't get out of bed. It hurt to even reach over and grab my phone to oh, dial yeah. into work. And I had to call in sick. I I literally could not move. It was like someone had beat me with a baseball bat all night and all from trying to do a, a, a test. It wasn't even the workout. It was just a test workout. Oh to see gosh. what your fitness level was. And I'm thinking to myself, what have I done? Okay. And I never did any of those workouts after that. It was a complete failure. And, and I know a lot now that I didn't know then, but I was basically at that point, I was somewhat of a windows person, windshield person, which is what I classify as someone who's looking back at who they were and not paying attention to where they are and where they're going. So you spend your whole time looking in a view mirror. You don't drive very safely. You need to be looking <laughs> forward. You need to be looking forward so you don't crash. True. Now, I also had what I call some tires uh, issues, which is if I didn't get traction, then I just slid into the ditch. So here was a situation where I I did something silly because I was looking in the windshield i mean the rearview mirror instead of the windshield. And then I lost my traction and I didn't do it again. I just let myself drift back. And that went on for eight years until, like I said, I woke up and had that kind of that moment of, why did, was I successful before, before and what was different? And the different was the commitment. The difference was being emotionally tied to an outcome and saying, no matter what, I will do this because it's all I have. It's everything. And so much like when you get married or you uh, are joining a church, you're know, kind of declaring yourself to uh, that spiritually, um, you, it's emotional it's it's a it's a day you remember, it's a thing you remember. and you don't have to be reminded about it because it just becomes a thing that changes you. So you end up doing the change before you do the change because you change your head first. And when we focus on our mindset and who we are, it makes it so much easier to be who we're meant to be.
0: Mm, I really love how you explain that about the windshield and looking back. And I think a lot of people are stuck in that, uh, trying to be who they were. And I think when people realize or make that decision, if you will, that I'm not going to try to work out or exercise or be fit to be who I was when I was in my 20s, but to be the healthiest that I can be now whatever that means, you know, the healthiest that you can be at that age, 40, 50, 60. So I really love the way that you put that. I feel like that was very um, easy to understand. Um, One of
1: the ways I like to class it, I like to talk about it is I call it fit for task. And what I mean by fit for task is who do you need to be? See, I wanted to do a Tough mutter because I wanted to be the father that participates with my daughter, but you might not need to be that. You might just need to be the good mother that can run after your toddler or the good grandmother that can walk, run after that toddler. Uh, when you go to the zoo, you don't want to be the one sitting on the bench because you're tired and can't keep up with the kids. You want to be there when they see the lion for the first time and they see the giraffe and they're running around like maniacs because they're on sugar. You want to be able to keep up with that. Um, I want to be able to take care of my wife, my family, and do the things that are necessary. You know, we're running a bed and breakfast. Uh, we got our water to drink. It's in these five-gallon jugs, and I've got to carry them to the back. Sometimes I've got to carry them upstairs. I want to be able to do that. Uh, Guests bring in luggage, heavy, heavy luggage. It needs to go upstairs so I can carry it upstairs. Now, as I age, things will change. I don't want to be dependent on other people, so I want to be able to open my own pickle jar. I want to be able to wipe my own butt when I'm 105. So when you start thinking about your aging curve and what you want to be and who you want to be, be thinking a little bit also about who you don't want to be. You don't want to be dependent. You don't want people to have to take care of you. You don't want to sit there and say, I really want those pickles, but I can't open the jar. Um, You want to be able to open a jar. And the first time you can't do that, you've lost your independence when you have to start putting in these crutches, like you've got the bars in the bathroom and the, you know, you start thinking, well, if you can't get out of the tub, someone's got to come help you. So I just look at my aging and say, okay, as I go through this, I'm going to be fit for task. I'm going to be the person I want to be at that age, whatever that age is. So right now I'm still 50, I'm 57. You know, I'm within, spitting distance of being able to do that. If my daughter said she wanted to do another Tough mutter within six months, I'd be ready to go. Nice. I don't know what my grandchildren, uh, both both our daughters got married this year. So there'll probably be some grandchildren, but they'll be 15, 16 years old, 20 years from now. I don't know what they'll be doing, but I want to be a participant in their lives. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be able to sit down on the floor with them when they're toddlers and crawl around with them and play. Oh. I don't want to sit in a chair or a wheelchair, wheelchair and sit down and watch them on the floor. I want to be down on the floor, a part of their lives, having that relationship at that level.
0: Yes. I think that's so profound what you said. Who do you not want to be? I yeah. think that that's something because a lot of times we ask like, oh, we have this um, image in our heads of who what we want to look like and what we want to be like. But I think that that's really important to think about as well. Who do you not want to be? You don't want to be the person who has to rely on other people. You don't really want to be the person who is forced to be in a wheelchair. Like you said, all those things. Mm -hmm. I know when I think about that, when you mentioned uh, being a mom who could run after her toddlers, I kind of passed that stage. But I know for me, I care about fitness because I do have three boys. One is going to be 16, then I have a five and a Mm seven-year-old. But, you know, boys are active. And I have the desire to do kind of like what you said you did with your daughter, um, to do um, the Tough mutter Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to be able to do stuff like that with my boys, you know, and I need to be physically fit. I have those same um, aspirations. And that's personally why I am all about health and fitness, because I want to be healthy to live and enjoy life. So I resonate with that big time. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and further on to the who you don't want to be, uh, how many medications are you on? How many Ooh. are you going to be on in 10 years? Are you going to lose a foot? Are you going to need dialysis? Are you going to have a heart attack in your mid-50s? You know, all those things. And you can look at your history. You can look at your people, your your parents and your grandparents and say, okay, that's a trajectory. Am I on that same trajectory? They're If they're sick and, and, and unhealthy, you're literally just coasting down that same curve. So doing just little things to slow that down will mean the world to you 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now.
0: Yes, and every little bit helps. So I think, what would you say to people who underestimate walking?
1: Any movement is beneficial movement. Uh, Your body responds to it positively. And the way I like to think about it is like this. Imagine, Imagine if there was a brain inside your body. Okay, Now, it can't see the outside world. It doesn't really know what's going on. It just knows the information that you give it. So if you're eating good food, it knows there's plenty of food. It knows it's high-quality food. It's getting the nutrition it needs. So it has no problem shedding body fat because we're not in any danger. But if you're not eating enough or you're not eating good quality food, your body's going to tell you there's a problem. Eat more. So you have a bag of Cheetos, and it doesn't give you any nutrition, gives you a ton of calories, but no nutrition, your body's going to sit there and say, okay, we've digested all of this and we didn't get what we needed. Eat more. Now, most of us will interpret more Cheetos, uh, but that's not what our body's telling us. Um, (laughs) But if you start telling your body, here's good quality food, I mean, whole food, here's vegetables. If you eat meat, meat, fish, eggs, all that, and and you're giving good variety of food into your body, your body has the nutrients it needs." it'll start wanting to shed the fat because it doesn't need it anymore. It's not scared. If you're walking around, if you're lifting things, if you're doing the things your body was designed to do, again, you're communicating to yourself, your body things are good versus if you're staying at home, you're sitting at your desk all day, your body gets the message like there's something wrong because we don't want to go outside and move around. There must be something dangerous outside. I'm going to hold on to this body fat. And I'm going to generate this cortisol, which is a stress hormone, which also helps you keep body fat. So it won't do it. So your body's just not going to function the way that it should stress and sleep are another two areas where if you're not doing the right things, you're communicating to your body, there's something wrong and it doesn't feel safe. And the final one I talked about this earlier is that voice in your head. If your voice in your head is saying things to you that you would not say to your best friend you need to work on that dialogue. You need to work on that relationship because all of this is wrapped around the concept of self-love. When you start showing your body love through nutrition, movement, sleep, stress management, and self-talk, your body responds by getting better.
0: hmm Yes, it does. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know to help people, you have a what you call a blocker quiz. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's the health blocker quiz. So what I what I found, I've worked with thousands of people now over the years, and what I've found is that there are about five different blockers, and I, I call them blockers, but they also can be your superpower if you understand them well enough. So there's a, a self awareness aspect to To this, which is really important. Uh, And we've talked about a couple of them. You know, the windshield, the person that says, Well, when I was in my 20s, I could do these things, and I don't understand why it doesn't work that way anymore. Uh, They need to be looking out the windshield and not the rearview mirror. Uh, The tires person who loses traction, well, they lose that traction and then they start to falter. So what you need is to have a streak. So get a calendar out and start building a streak of doing something that can be walking every day, that can be drinking water every day, that can be, you know, making sure you're eating enough vegetables and whole foods. So you start doing that and you do it every day. It's like you have to keep that streak alive because you do not want to lose that traction. So you see how that can be a superpower. Um, you and I test out is Atlas is now, and Atlas is someone who needs a plan. They need some big, audacious thing, something in front of them that they're working toward to keep them motivated. It's like you want to do that tough mutter. You're going to train your butt off, and you're going to eat right. You're going to make sure that you're in optimal shape for that tough mutter, because that's important to you. Like so I want to be able to wipe my butt when I'm 105, so that makes me do things right now that I wouldn't necessarily do, but I have that big audacious goal in front of me, so I'm driving towards that. There are two others. One is called the copilot, and I think a lot of women will. Um, Kind of relate to this. A co-pilot is someone who feels like they have to do all this other stuff for someone else and oh. they don't have time to do it for themselves. Okay. And they haven't learned that they need to ask for help to be able to do the things that need to be done. It's not that those things don't need to be done. You know, your kids need to be fed. They need to be cleaned. They need to be put to bed. All those things still have to happen, but it doesn't have to necessarily be you Doing those things. So, asking your partner for help, letting your partner know it's like, okay, I want to change the way I'm eating. Now, I know the kids and you are going to still want your snacks. Could you move them over to this side of the pantry so I just don't see them? And that will help me not want to eat those things. If they're left on the counter, that's going to mess me up. So, can we make a small change? And so, you do those kind of little things, but you have to ask for that. And so, someone who finds themselves a co pilot, they just need to know they're going to go a little slower. And they need to ask for help so they have the time commitment that they can make for themselves first, okay? And then, and then the final one is pedals. And pedals are the people who see that ad for this little goo thing that'll help them lose weight. So they try that for a little while, and then they see this other workout that looks really cool. And then they go over to YouTube, and they start doing a little dabble-dabble here. And maybe they buy a treadmill, and then it becomes a coat rack. And so they just keep trying something real quick. It doesn't give them immediate results. So they just go try something else. And they so they're pushing the gas, pushing the brake, pushing the gas, pushing the brake. And anyone that's driven knows that's not an efficient way to get where you want to go. And you just don't see any progress. So a person who's a pedals person just needs to find something that works. So when you talked about walking for a pedals person that's really struggling, like just 30 minutes, can you do 15 minutes of walking today? Can you just do 15? And it doesn't have to be 15 straight. It can be three sets of five. Just give me five minutes in the morning, five minutes after lunch, and five minutes after dinner for 15 minutes. And that's going to get a pedals person moving and seeing some results. Once they start seeing the results, that's going to motivate them to keep doing it. And then maybe add another habit like, okay, let's have a whole food meal, at least one of your meals each day. Can you do that? Yes. Okay. Push the gas. Don't take your foot off that gas. There's no reason to break. Just keep going. And so once a pedals person realizes that the gas is the key, they begin to drive forward. So you can kind of see probably a little bit of yourself in each and every one of these, and that's normal. You're going to have a primary one that's holding you back now. So tackling that primary one is the most important thing to do first. And then you might notice over time, you've kind of changed. You know, I was a windshield, then I was a tires, and now I'm an Atlas. And so you may find yourself with, and, and I've been there, been times where I felt like, okay, my job was too important. My th- things, I can't, you know, I'm working 20 hour days. I can't work out. I can't eat well. You know, all those excuses because I was the, at that point just thinking I had to take care of everybody. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't willing to ask for help or I wasn't willing to break away and say, okay, do they really need that today or is this me putting undue pressure? So I had a little bit of copilot in me. And then this night, I, I tried the insanity workout. I tried this thing. I did that thing. Um, and so I found once I put my foot on the gas, keep my foot on the gas, I was fine. So there are little bits of all that in all of us. But you're going to find there's a primary one that's messing with you right now. And that's what this quiz will do. It'll kind of help you see the first, if you will, domino. That you need to attack. So once you get that working, that becomes a superpower. Once I stopped looking in the windshield and started looking, I mean, in the the rearview mirror and started looking forward, I was like, ah, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. I'm not going to be who I was at 29. I got pretty darn close, but I'm I'm not going (laughs) to be that person. I'm going to be somebody different, but I'm going to be better than I am today. And so that whole concept of fit for task and better me tomorrow and all those things that I put together in my own path of how I was going to move forward began to happen. And then I was like, okay, I just have to keep traction because I'm a tires person. Now, I didn't have those, that vernacular back then. This is just me looking at my journey and now the journey of thousands of people that I've worked with and said, okay, when we do these things, we're successful and we just need to do more of them.
0: I can tell you i'm a recovering uh co-pilot because i'm a mom so that (laughs) was me you know and then i learned about the whole the whole analogy about put on your your oxygen mask before others and ever since i've been doing that i feel better and i'm more healthier minded and better equipped to be a mom and to be a podcast host and everything else i do for everybody else it makes me better So I really love that. And And, and and
1: if you struggle with the mask, because I know a lot of people sit there and say, it's just so hard to put on that mask first. And so sometimes it's not about putting on the mask first. It's about asking your partner, asking the people in your lives to put the mask on for you. You know, sometimes you need care. And so just having that, the guts to have the conversation, you know uh say you decide you want to hire a coach well that's an investment that's your your family's money that you want to put towards yourself that's a conversation it's not a we can't because you know Timmy's going to need braces next month it's a okay i need to do this if i'm going to be the the parent all the way through their lives and i'm going to be the grandparent when that comes around if i'm going to be independent for the rest of my life I'm going to have, there's gonna be times when I have to ask for help yes. and I have to seek that help. And sometimes that helps going to come from your significant other. Sometimes that helps going to come from a complete outsider or a group of outsiders, because you're going to go join a class and become a part of their tribe. And so just realize that if you are, particularly if you find yourself being a co-pilot person, it's not so much about putting the mask on all the time. Sometimes it's just about asking for help and asking for people to kind of modify themselves, just Tad, please put this in the pantry. So I don't see it still there. I'm not taking it away. I just, please don't let me see it. It's a small thing, but it it can mean the world for someone who's struggling with stress eating or mindless eating. If they come in every afternoon at two o'clock and all the snacks are across the countertop, that's going to be really hard to say no to sometimes. So, put them away and we're cool and so there's just ways that you can manage these once you know what your blocker is it's really easy to make that a superpower.
0: I love that you honed in on the help piece because it's really really true. so for if this resonates with any of you out there I encourage you to go to his website and take that health blocker quiz. Thank you so much Alan for coming on. this is very very informative, very um, inspirational I think and um, yeah just thank you it was a pleasure.
1: Well, thank you, Tiffany. I guess I'd like to leave it with, if you've got one more breath in you, you can do something to make yourself better. So just keep doing it.
0: I love that golden nugget. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you to all you listeners out there. We will see you on the next episode. Bye now.